Proverbs 11, 7, and 8. When the wicked dies, his hope will perish, and the expectation of wealth perishes too. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and the wicked walks into it instead. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. All right, continuing on through Proverbs 11. And uh, we are joined today by the amazing Tally Coughlin. Um, Jordan Coughlin is just, you know, he, he's loved, he's honored, <laughs> but he's just a blip on the radar uh, of the greatness of Tally Coughlin. Oh my, not so. <laughs> so uh, here we are in verses seven and eight. And, you know, it's, uh, we're kind of, Proverbs is interesting. We've talked about this, but sometimes it's these long kind of chapter long poems about wisdom. There's like characters, there's plot. Uh, but then what Proverbs is kind of more known for is the kind of section that we're in now, which is, it's like hopping from lily pad to lily yeah. pad of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so we're knocking out two today, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, verse seven is kind of this idea of the hope and expectation of the wicked uh, being very transient and mm-hmm. empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, the deliverance of the righteous, yeah. um, which the wicked do not share in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tally, w- what are your thoughts on on these two kind of Proverbs and, and how God would direct us through these? Yeah, I mean, so in verse seven, I think if you notice, it's, it talks about death three times. It uses the word dies, perish, and then perish again. And so I think Solomon is emphasizing this, the finality and the certainty of death. Mm. And that with that, the things that the wicked put their hope in have a certainty of death, of mm-hmm. not meeting the expectation. And so then he highlights wealth as one of those that a wicked person would put their hope, their ultimate hope into. Um, this is kind of one of those promises you can take to the bank because we know in light of Jesus that our hope cannot be secure in anything but him. And so anything that is not Jesus will perish, will disappoint, will leave unmet expectations. Mm. Um, it's kind of one of those like, yep. yep. And, and we may not see it in this life. We may not see this in this world. So you can sure. go to the like eternal riches in Christ yeah. and compare it to, you know, the earthly expectations of wealth for mm-hmm. the wicked. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, absolutely. You know, some, some of these Proverbs, I think, uh, it's easy to look at and put into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're kind of meant like verse one of Proverbs 11, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Yeah. There's a very practical right. thing to put into play, mm-hmm. which is like, if you are, you know, in any ways, uh, shorthanding other people mm-hmm. out of greed yeah. and selfishness, stop. <laughs> right. And, and Full uh, stop. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of easy to like, see this very immediate practical end. Yeah. I think some of these Proverbs though, are things that are more supposed to be like internalized mm-hmm. and like massaged into our worldview and our yeah. understanding of reality. And uh, I think verse seven is definitely one of those, which is that if we if we live a life where we, we are practicing and slowly ingraining in our mind that um, that unjust injustice and unrighteousness um, yield nothing, they yield ashes then we slowly can become like less and less dismayed, less and less disenchanted mm-hmm. when we see the prosperity of the wicked. And right. I think Psalm 73 is an amazing companion yeah. to this uh, proverb because 
it kind of is uh, this psalmist recounting, working this into his understanding yeah. of the world. Yeah. Well, and I think too, if you reflect back to Genesis, maybe four, five, four, four or five, when in the genealogy, it talks about the sinful line of Cain and mm. Lamech and his three sons. Yeah. And this is a wicked family. Mm-hmm. And yet they are the founders of much of culture, of music, of yeah. herdsmen, of um, metalwork. And so God often uses the work of the wicked for his glory and to continue the advancement of his creation. And so we can often look around us and see the wicked prospering Mm -hmm. and think, surely, Lord, not they. Like, how how is that? Why are you allowing that to happen? Um, But we ultimately know that their hope is what in what they do. Their hope is in who they are. Their Mm -hmm. hope is in what they produce. And that is not where our hope as, you know, sons and daughters of God that's not where our hope ultimately lies. Mm-hmm. And so at the point where we also die, we all die, Our the hope that we have does not die because it is in the everlasting God, mm-hmm. unlike the stuff and things of this world. Yes, the stuff and things. Stuff and things. Totally, totally. So much stuff and things. So then verse eight, it, it's very thematically mm-hmm. kind of harmonious, um, but there's a little more contrast. Yeah. The righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead. This is one of those Proverbs where, you know, we talk about um, some wisdom literature in the Bible gets into like the nitty gritty day to day. Mm -hmm. And some is kind of talking about like the ultimate realities of the world. This is one of those because we obviously know that uh, sometimes righteous people, you know, catch the flack for something uh, wrongly. And, you know, they get falsely accused or whatever. And so um, this is one of those where we have to view it through that ultimate lens mm-hmm. of, of what is trouble, what is ruin, yeah. and uh, what is deliverance. Right. Um, but, you know, like this this proverb made my mind immediately go to Jesus mm-hmm. because, you, uh, you know, you see this promise here that righteousness delivers from trouble, wickedness um, leads to trouble, <laughs> leads yeah. to ruin. Yeah. And yet... Um, you know, when we when we think of Christ, he, you know, he epitomizes righteousness. He he completely fulfills uh, any and all things that we would see in the Proverbs or anywhere else yeah. um, in Scripture and in the world that signifies righteousness, that signifies justice. And yet he walks into trouble. And I like that like image of walking mm. into trouble. Like there's there's this activeness. Yeah. Now, a, a wicked fool walks into trouble. Right. Uh, they walk into it because you know, they're foolish. They don't realize they're walking into it. But Jesus, you know, there's this deliberateness for the joy set before him sort of idea. So that's so good. No, that's so good. The righteous is walking into Mm. trouble on our behalf. Mm. I mean, that's so beautiful. Um, I just kept thinking of the word deliverer and Mm -hmm. how for the ancient Israelites, like they would have a very clear and close to their heart idea, idea and image of God as their deliverer. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we feel like we deliver ourselves from our, you know, situations or financial ruin or whatever, because we are so distant from God delivering us from an actual bondage, oppressive situation Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. the Israelites, this is not that far back in their memory of God having by his righteous hand delivered them from slavery, from the Egyptians, delivered them from their enemies, delivered them from wicked Kings, rose up, you know, David, this righteous King to lead Mm -hmm. and unify the people. And so 
um, deliverer is a name for God that they are very, very um, close to and probably very, very thankful for. Mm -hmm. And I don't often myself think of God as my deliverer. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of names of God that I think of and um, feel closeness and affinity in my heart, but often forget that I once was unrighteous, but now I wear the righteousness of Christ. And in my unrighteousness, I was the wicked who walked into trouble. Mm -hmm. But now because of Jesus, I am counted as righteous and he is delivering me. Um, And I, you know, just, I love that word that God is our deliverer. I think it's so wonderful to just continue to wash our mind Mm -hmm. with that word. Absolutely. And to build on that, like, I love the idea that the righteous is delivered from trouble because it's not this idea that the righteous never encounter trouble right. or are absent from trouble or are like naive to yeah. trouble, yeah. Uh, but it actually implies this encounter yeah. and this entangling yeah. with trial, with yes. trouble. But the difference is that, you know, the wicked walks headlong into it yeah. and this this undertone and the sense that brings ruin. And yet for the righteous, there is deliverance. And so, you know, I think we can, even if we are in the midst of trouble, we can look at this proverb and see ourselves because uh, we know that because Christ has walked into trouble, um, into ruin on our behalf, we will be delivered from it. That's right. Well, and really living in the good of the fact that we have been already delivered. Mm, mm -hmm. And so if that is true, then what can man do to me? Mm, mm-hmm. Right? So even when Absolutely. I do face trouble, I have ultimately received the deliverance yeah. that my soul required. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so good. Amen. Amen. Well, another great day in the Proverbs. And tomorrow we're jumping down to verse nine. Um, the next verse as numeric strategy would have it. As one does. Yeah, as one does. <laughs> and uh, it'll be another great day with Tally Coughlin in the Proverbs. Can't wait. So for Tally, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.